Hello, this is Derek McCaw for Fanboy Planet, Editor-in-Chief. It is Monday, July 28th. And, yeah, you know, we said we were going to do podcasts every night, but uh, as I was just informed by Stephanie Rodriguez via email, uh, boy, we sound exhausted. So you know what? It worked out all right. We were too tired in the hotel, but it's the Monday after Comic-Con, and as is the becoming annual tradition in the 100.3rd episode of uh, Family Planet Podcast. We're, we, I'm here with Carl D'Angelo, uh, uh, last year's Eisner Spirit of Retail Award winner for his shop, Earth 2. I'm actually in his uh, guest house right now, and he's uh, speaking publicly for the first time since he was brutally murdered by the Spectre in DC Universe number zero. So, Carr, thanks for coming up, <laughs> up the stairs to talk about this. Not your murder, but uh, but uh, Comic Con from the from both of our perspectives, we can say it is uh, the Monday after. How was it for you? The Monday after is really what like an appropriate sounding thing. <laughs> it sounds like uh, you know it, it was exhausting. It was an exhausting Comic Con. I was there. I started. Uh, I left here 5 a.m. on Wednesday morning last week. You got in earlier than I did, apparently, because um, there was some. Uh, because of last year's uh, receiving the award, I was one of the judges this year for the um, this year's Spirit of Retail Award. Uh, so it required me being in San Diego by like by 9 a.m. on Wednesday morning, which wow. was something I used to do. I think a long time ago, you know, to you know get in early and get there for preview night and stuff. But it was it really made it a long long five days. But another great convention, you know. Mm-hmm. What was the high point for you? Owl ship. <laughs> owl ship. Oh, the owl ship. I know. It's, it's one of those things that is owl ship. Owl ship. No, you uh, know, Archie. I, I'll call it our our great Archimedes. On, on, on Sunday, I got to I got to see it. I walked by, and uh, one of our guys taking a photo of it. So everybody, all convention long, was, did you see the owl ship? Or as they would say, uh, you know, the flying owl thing. I like, nobody could remember what it was. What it was what called. <laughs> and uh, so I was really blown away because I, I said I got there before hours on Sunday morning, the exhibitor's hour, and some exhibitor had his kid with him, and I won't say I don't know who, so because they can get in trouble for having kids there before hours, right? Right. Weird, but but I didn't know that you could climb inside and pilot the thing or pretend to rather. If you're six years old, you probably could. Yeah, yeah. Better the, than the owl ship, <laughs> ship not actually moving around the convention floor. But <laughs> but it was cool. Great image. It was cool that you know it looked so detailed. I don't know if that if they were trying to convince us that was the actual prop or if this was kind of like the snakes on a plane thing a couple of years ago. But it was definitely quite an attention getter. I think you know it's I, I, my my sense of it, and I, I could be wrong, was that you know again models even for you know special effects. I mean they're built on different scales, and I imagine if they wanted if they wanted to create the the image of the ship like rising from the bed and through the water. Water's a problem with special effects because it has, um, what's it called, a... um a specific molecular density. I mean, now I'm sounding like Reed Richards or something, and I'm really not that smart. For the vision. But, or, yeah, but if you... If you um, it's unstable molecules. No, but have you ever noticed in a, a movie where they do a special effect of a flood in a small town, but they're using, like, Lionel-scale 
mm-hmm. you know, houses for the for the for the houses. Right, right. When the water comes in, the water looks bigger than than the water should look because right. water doesn't droplets don't scale. Um, so when you see big droplets, you kind of go, wait a second, I know what size the so water. So a really good film that would have just flooded everything. It would right? have really flooded everything, and then that would be the appropriate way to do it. So similarly, in uh, relating to Watchmen the Owl Ship, I could see them using a larger scale for some of the shots, which I have everything then is composited for, you know, these things. But you, you might get, you know, if they were doing the shot of it rising out of the water, they might have been using... Um, they might have been using. I mean, that wasn't full human scale. I mean, because I don't really think Rorschach and uh, uh, and Night Owl would, would completely fit in that, would they? Standing up. I mean, you know, I, I don't know because I didn't. I didn't step inside it. I right. was too blown away by the fact that you could. Right. It seemed. I mean, it seems. It seemed. It was impressive, but I think it was still about half scale. So it did seem like it could be a. You know. Uh, I mean, I saw. I saw the Titanic once uh, at, a, at a at a sound studio, and it was. Uh, uh, it was big, but not. I mean, you know, it, I was bigger than the Titanic, but it was. It, you know, it, it, there was a type. You know, even for the model for the sinking of the Titanic was still about you know eighteen feet yeah. long. How about Castle Grayskull? Did you walk through Castle? Oh, you missed that. There was a He-Man castle. Oh, I, well, I know. Uh, yeah, Mattel was giving away some He-Man stuff. That's like that's like after I'm an old man. Like He-Man didn't didn't. didn't <laughs> He-Man's got no juice for me. You I know? forget that. No, you know, I, watched, I watched that in college. Uh, so it's just something to completely turn off my brain after after class. I think my my my. The, <laughs> and everybody knows I like Orca. So I like I like uh, it was a Chelsea Ward, the girl who played was it Tila? What's the in, in the movie? Oh yeah, in the live action. Yeah, that, that's all. That, 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 that's, that's the best thing I could say about you, man. I did interview when I worked for Starlog. I interviewed Dolph Lundgren, and that interview has the. This, this is all about me, folks. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm it's here. Okay, once a year. <laughs> Because we're going to do a regular podcast, the full official oh, 101st episode of okay. San Jose. Yeah. So, yes, this is, this is so. the, you, don't have, you don't have to listen to this. This one. is you pandering can. to Carr because he's letting me stay here. Exactly. Yeah. So, but you no, know, it's the only interview I ever did that, that someone actually went to the trouble to retype and put on the web. And there's a guy with really? a Ralph Lundgren fan site, and he, you know, and, and he and he reposted this thing. And I sent him a notice that said, you know, it's copyright infringement. I own the rights to that article, and you really shouldn't print it without my permission. And he got really panicked and offered to take it down. And I said, no, 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 just put that as copyright to me. I mean, like that, that's yeah. all I, that's all I ask, you know. So so he could so he could have the have the have the, have the, have the website, but you know. You know, Dolph Lundgren held an interview. Yeah, and that guy did credit you, right? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I ever... I, I'm sure I've got it on a bookmark somewhere. Because it's always an issue to me, too, and you, it, that, like, when people take things from me. Taking that credit. I have it at the bottom of the site to say, please, you know, go ahead, you can use stuff, just give us, give me proper credit. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, well, especially with blogging nowadays, where blogging is essentially just repurposing other people's stuff, and, you know, it's found found column writing. You know, you don't write your own column. You say, hey, here's what I found on, you know, Family Planet. Or you, Planet. you might perhaps Twitter it. Or <laughs> don't start with the Twittering. <laughs> I know what, what everybody had for breakfast and how long they waited for their plan. I made the mistake of Twittering, uh, adding Twitter to my iPhone and then Twittering various uh, uh, comic book journalists who were Twittering around. Right. Well, that was a big deal with the con this year. A lot of sites were... Uh, uh, offering the Twitter or journalists were offering their right. Twitter subscription. I guess subscription because I don't Twitter. I, I don't know what I mean, exactly the, what, you, what exactly the, the proper you know subscription 
uh, feed, signing up for the feed. Maybe it's the feed, link yeah. Because I, mean, I got a couple of press releases if I was interested in, in right. and so forth. And Rich Johnston, who wasn't there, did say, like, you know, go Twitter me, and you right. know, he hasn't... Like, right, there was, like, an anonymous blog where he wanted to sort of post, like, just people sort of anonymous kind of gossip stories and, you know, were just weird things. Well, did you hear any great uh, gossip stories no. out of there? No, I didn't. Oh, I mean, I, oh what kind of convention <laughs> did you have? No, I know. <laughs> well, what, the the other the other exciting thing for 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 me the other highlight in addition I mean Watchmen is, you know this was like the year of Watchmen and that was the, oh, the, the crazy thing. Did there, you go to the panel? I didn't know who got into the panel. I mean, Not me. I, I was yeah. interviewing them afterwards. And, and they were giving away a T-shirt at the panel. Yeah, one of our guys got the T-shirt, so it was a cool it was a cool shirt. And I liked it. They had a couple of posters. Did you get? You saw the DC booth where they had the posters that. Uh, were I got the poster from last year, which was the this year. Year. And they, I don't know if they were giving away the po- these two, but they had. So I'm hoping they'll show up in theaters and they'll be blown away there. Oh, are they like a teaser that they recreated? And because it, it, it seemed to me, I remember at least one of them being one that DC had given away back in '85 when I barely, because uh-huh. I was never going to the cons. But the store showed up. I had one with Rorschach walking away saying, you know what I wish? I wish that all the crime had one foot oh. my hands around it. So there were quotes, and, but they were photographs. They were photographs. The re- Wait, there were those three or four promo ads so in, the, were, in the 80s. So, yeah, so they were recreating those promo ads with right. the actual actors. And I was impressed that they sent everybody, uh, there was not a, a single member of... I hate to say of of the Watchmen, they, you know, because that's not the name of the team. I can't, I can never remember the name of the actual team. But well, the the modern, the original team was the Minutemen, and the modern, they never actually were a team. Okay, so I mean, Rorschach and Night Owl apparently did a brave and bold kind of thing yes. quite often, and did kind of team up. On occasion, comedian was doing his own thing. So, and like all of them, all of them were there. And, yeah, and so that was kind of impressive with Dave Gibbons, who right. uh, my probably my favorite moment of an interview was when, and I knew it was going to happen. Everybody was pushing him on, you know, isn't this ironic that that maybe finally Alan Moore would be pleased by an adaptation, but he refuses to see it. And he said, well, you know, Alan would. Uh, if, he, if he were to see it, he would be man enough to say, you know, but he says, no, I speak for Alan. I don't want to be quoted as right, saying right. Alan Moore suddenly. Alan likes it. You know, because Alan Moore says, what, you know, when they call, they talk to each other, he says, whatever we do, Let's not speak of Watchmen. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so. I heard, and I heard Dave Gibbons called the elephant in the room, like because that's the yeah. first question everyone asks, and he says, you know, yeah, he wants to to get past it. Heidi McDonald wrote an interesting thing in the Beat, which said, um, she said, the Watchmen panel included Dave Gibbons, the entire cast of Watchmen, and Carla Gugino. Who I believe is part of the entire you know, cast she, of Watchmen, she, uh, <laughs> but but uh, I know she's Sally, she's Sally okay. Jupiter. So solve this for me. Yeah. We had this argument on the earlier, the previous podcast, right. when I said my greatest moment of the con was was her turning to me at the press con, the round table and saying, "Are you okay?" Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, Gugino or Gugino. D'Angelo should be able to tell me how the heck I'm Ooh. supposed to pronounce that name. Well, I just said Gugino, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that. That's what I said. Derek. I was corrected. Yes. <laughs> you were by, by, by Carla? By, no, by Lon Lopez, claiming because 
by being Hispanic, Long believes he represents all ethnicities other than Well, he would say Gujino. 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 Oh, that's going to make up for the anti-Semitic remark he made. Uh, so, <laughs> so, okay. Charlie Gugino. I never, I've, I've, I've never heard, I've Gugino. never heard Gugino. I mean, yeah. I've never heard it. I mean, you, you know what I think it is, too? I, I'm going to say it is Gugino because in Italian, you usually get the soft G with a G-I. Mm-hmm. And she's a GI, so I thought, no, like a GI. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't spell Gugino, G-U-G-I, do you? Know, may I say, as I've been with Karma most of the evening, there was a Diet Right Cola, there was a Diet Coke now, a cup of coffee. You should be more alert. <laughs> yeah, it's not working. It's not. But that's, but, you know, that's the post-con effect. But I mean, like, 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 G- I'm trying to think of, like, uh, like, Giordano, like Dick Giordano, that's a comic book name. Yes. So G I O, like though you usually get when the, when G I is followed by a vowel, that's what I, the uh, so a double vowel. Then it, then it becomes a star. Yeah, it, it, it becomes a G yeah, as opposed to a G. Oh, okay. I'm gonna thank you. I knew you could defend and that, me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always heard. I mean, in terms of like movie reviews. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, what, that's what I thought. But so be that as it may, we move on to Saturday and Sunday, and you were at one of the big. Parties, the oh wow, D- that was the D- really gospel. Yeah, it was not gospel. I'm just but, saying, but you know, but it was. last year. You were saying something tonight at dinner about the party situation as opposed to years past. Man, we always should the old, the old timers. Well, well, one of it's funny. They, 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 they brought down you know this whole Hollywood influence that that has kind of taken over the convention. It's it's become this whole party thing too where you know this happens on a on a daily basis in in um in Hollywood uh among you know when people work for movie studios and TV studios it's a weekly or daily ritual of you know What's the hot party? What's the hot premiere? You know, how come I can't get tickets? And, you know, you're on the phone all the time. People are, you know, trying to track these things down. And, like, until last year, I was completely unaware that any of this was really going on at, at, at Comic-Con. I mean, occasionally you hear a publisher was having a party. But usually, you know, you ask someone, and they give you one of those, like, paper tickets, and it, and it gets you in. And um, Entertainment Weekly started sponsoring this science fiction you know, show party, uh, comic book theme party. You know, this year they're giving away, you know, copies of the Watchmen issue. Um, mm-hmm. And last year it was like nobody knew about it. Someone asked me, invited, a friend of a friend invited me to it. I had no idea that it was going to be anything, you know, crazy or spectacular. And, you know, you're hanging, and you get there at 9, and it's pretty quiet, and then, you, you know, and it's a lot of comic book people. You know, there's, you know, John Cassidy and, you know, and, and you know, Jimmy Palmiotti and a lot of D.C. staffers because Warner's in D.C., Joe Quesada. It's that kind of thing. But then last year, it turned into, you know, and then Robert Downey Jr., and then the cast of Eureka, and then, you know, uh, you know J.J. Abrams, and then all the law, uh, the heroes writers, you know, and, and, and it became this, like, oh, this is, like, a cool, you know, play, place to be. Well, I guess this year everybody knew it was such a cool place to be that you went, you know, the party starts at nine. By the time you get there at like nine, we got there at nine thirty, and it was all pretty already pretty much jam packed with people trying to like talk their way in, and they've got all these elaborate lists. And we're, you know, we're there, friends of a friend, and we got this weird message that if your name's on the list, here, try this name, try that. And I'm like, man, I, if, if, if this is a hassle, I just want to like curl up in a ball and leave because I hate being the guy who's like trying to go, but I'm supposed to let me in, let me in, you know. And there's people waiting to get in, and this guy 
trying to talk his way in, saying he's with his talent. He needs to find his talent. Right. It turned out to be, you know, some, you know... Was that Keanu Reeves who needed to find his talent? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it probably was. Uh, no, it was... When he was giving the names of who his talent were, the, 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 the party people had no idea who he was talking about. I later heard it might have been some Stargate actors, so I feel bad for the Stargate actors if that's the case. Well, but, you know, a lot of those things get sapped by people. Oh, yeah, they're not going yeah, to know the name of the third lead of... You know, Stargate Atlantis, you know, whoever. Ben Browder, I sure, think. And I don't even know. watch the show. I don't know. It was the guy who was on Farscape. I saw him on the bus all weekend long. But, uh, uh, but, but, you know, and then when we, uh, when we left, I mean, friends of ours who, you know, certainly have the, you know, credentials who were on the list, it was so crowded that they were just keeping, uh, you know, people out. But it was a, uh, you know, who was there? It was, you know, again, a lot of the, the you, know, you know, Damon Lindelof, you know, from Lost, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, creator of Lost. Um, uh, what is it? The I'm going to say Hero because I, I don't know the actor's name. O.C. Maka is uh, something like that. Something. Yeah, I know. Once I say no, that, I'm going to know. You totally ruined it for me. Uh, <laughs> shoot. Uh, Let's just say Hero from Heroes, and yeah. and, it was, and it was him. And, Great. And you know, and 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 and, and Gaius Balthar, you know, uh, I'll just name yeah, yeah. you know, Balthar. I'm just going we'll to just go with your character name. names. Okay. Um, you know, it was and it was a you know, and it, so it's that kind of you know, you know cool thing. But it got so it got so crowded that uh, you know, like I said, they're you know at, by. They're just not letting people in. I mean, there's like a storm at the gates. People, you know, Mike. I heard Mike Magnola, you know, just kind of said, you know, it's not worth waiting for. And in that sense, he's right because it is just a party. And that was one. And then there was the the Wrath of Khan, which was the one hosted by Bloody Disgusting and IASB. Okay. Which had a lot of the uh, that was the Hard Rock Saturday Night. and that it was, I, I wondered about about those because that had become one where you know there was definitely a press because they had a red carpet set up. It was yeah. they were inviting press to yeah, they, be there. Yeah, said the same thing. I mean, where and, if you were somebody, you went down the red carpet. If you were me, you just they said, okay, yeah, go by the pool. Then I, I went to I, I went to see Hamlet too, and so, <laughs> so they wouldn't let me in. Uh, so it, it's all right. But it's crazy. I mean, the the person I know who 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 works for one of the studios up here who got us on the on the on the on the list, and I don't want to name his name. You know, name his name because you know, God forbid, someone says you can't put those people on the list anymore. Uh, well, it was uh, Francis Ford Coppola. That's right, Coppola. Yeah, another Italian. Is that what you're going? <laughs> Me to see, to see if you'd correct my pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> okay, Nicholas Cage. He's just it, or is it Keg? But you know, the the point that my friend made was that. You know, you couldn't. You know, when they talk about moving the convention to from San Diego to possibly Los Angeles, it's hard to admit you couldn't have this kind of party because then everybody in town would. You know, you couldn't have a place big oh, enough yeah, to, well, to 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 encompass all the locals who would want to well, also go to the party. You brought up an excellent topic. Again, I, I'm not sure if they've released what their estimate was. I've uh, been kind of perusing the news sites uh, that I usually go to, you know, mm-hmm. CBR and Newsarama, and not really seeing anything about how how many people, but I thought there was one attendance estimate of possibly 175,000 wow. for the whole, I guess, five days, four right, right. days, plus three hours. And, of course, every year that comes up about it's it's too big, convention center's too small, and as you as a you point out one good reason for the social life uh, that that the parties just couldn't happen because there were too many people fighting. But what about the convention itself? Uh, you know what likelihood? 
or what would be your opinion if it became the uh, the official Comic-Con Los Angeles? Well, well, I have to make the point that my, my brilliant wife, Susan, makes, which is that the problem is, and she says this to me, none of you guys stop going. <laughs> there's, always, there's always new people. Until we die, yeah. And, 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 but, there's always, but, but none of the old people, none of the, the regular goers are giving up their tickets. So, so of course, it's, oh, it's reached capacity and is over, over, overrun. And now the convention itself is, yes, something that, you know, when you know, tickets sold out... Uh, uh, a week in advance, I like, think. I mean, pretty, yeah, almost two weeks in advance. And the four-day passes were sold out, you know, you know well over a month ago. Yeah. yeah, well over. And, and you know, and plus, the whole you know hotel room thing. So so there's a it can't handle any more people. Actually, I mean I, I did feel actually this year though, despite the the, the 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 crowds and stuff, it did feel although certain areas were weighted more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, overall, it didn't. It felt the con, the convention was a little lighter. You know, like the attendance. You know, maybe people were up in the maybe because the programming is better, so more people are up in the programs. But the convention floor itself, it felt way too. Congested in the like the media area, you know, because everybody wanted to go see the, the 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 office booth, that great science fiction show, The Office, about oh, the yeah. office. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you know, you, you have all that, you know, and okay, well, NBC's here. We're not just going to promote whatever our science fiction stuff is. We're also just going to promote The Office. Well, it was mostly heroes, but yes. yeah, that booth was. But yeah, there was but, a lot. But the yeah. whole media area and the toy area and all like the the demo area, the exhibitor. I guess they call them more exhibitors than like the the, mm-hmm. the convention. And sellers, the, the sellers area, which I, I admit I didn't traverse much, seemed a little more seemed a little more open than than in the yeah, past. I think and certainly the publisher areas, you know, like the smaller publisher areas, seemed a lot more open because it seemed really, it, it, you know, the, the good news, bad news is the those crazy, you know, uh, uh, studio booths with all, with all their give, giveaways and exclusives, you know. Um, uh, yeah, they lumped. Hasbro and Mattel right next to each other this year. That was a lot of all, all the video games at one end, which I thought was a really good mm-hmm. layout choice. So just let all the video games be together uh, because we had a person working in our booth whose younger brother just, well, I'm sure the parents wanted to do other things in San Diego this weekend. <laughs> But they found that they could keep their son entertained doing demos, right, uh, right. you know, playing all day. Right. Uh, and I don't know what the game was, but there's some military game. He beat an actual Navy SEAL at it. Wow. So, you know, there's some really cocky 12-year-old running around. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but, but it seemed like a better layout from that perspective. See, I think, I think the, 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 the layout of San Diego as a town is much more amenable uh you know, to to the you know to the show. I mean, the Los Angeles Convention Center is much more spread out and multi-level. So even if they have a, I, I, I don't know that they have one space that's even you know if if you're talking about Los Angeles. I mean, I don't know that yeah. there's one space that is equivalent to that one big convention floor because like yeah. you know I don't know if you've been to any the Wizard World shows are kind of are they you know, at the convention the, center? they're right. at the, 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 the Staples Convention Center and I've been to E3 which took up two of the buildings when I attended so it, it, yeah but it, but it was between buildings mm-hmm. it was two buildings you were, yeah so and, and so I mean so was that set, I mean so you just were you, what was the division was it just a flip of the coin who ended up in what building is uh, it kind of felt that way I went the year they were um, debuting the Wii, so Nintendo right. had pretty much taken up 
Should it was uh, I think they divided it up into games, right. the game developers right. and platforms on right. the other side. So the big PlayStation Three being previewed and and Wii being uh, being previewed. Well, I did see some quotes. I mean, some quotes that were on the. Um on the web today, I mean, we're from Chuck Kozanski and some other retailers talking about, you know, Chuck is Mile High Comics, you know, talking about pulling out. I mean, you know, it may be a little bit of sour grapes. It may be that the money isn't going to the, the comic book business there, you know, the back issue comics or the new comics. Um, you know, and I would be concerned, too. If I were someone who brought my, my comic books there to sell, the fact that that... The studios now, and you know, have moved into selling stuff. I mean, it used to be those those uh, the you know the raffles and things were kind of mm-hmm. you know uh, the, the the con exclusives were kind of almost like a, a give. Even if you had to pay for it, it was kind of a giveaway because they only were doing a certain amount. But now Mattel opens up shop. I mean, even if they were putting a cap on it, they're 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 trying to sell thousands or hundreds of these you know exclusive He-Man toys. So obviously, a lot more of the the money that's being spent is being spent on on exclusives, show exclusives. Mm-hmm. Than, um, than you know, comics and old comics and back issues. And you know, there was one article I saw today that where where some of the back issue dealers were sort of. I don't think they were. I don't think they would call it a boycott, but I think they would call it like you know, just sort of pulling out because they didn't feel they're not feeling the love from the, the convention mm-hmm. because all the stuff is taking over. And Artist Alley this year was like cut in half. You know, yeah, it was, was by design, or it oh, it was totally by design. It was by yeah. I mean, yeah, everybody was given people that you you went from having a table to half a table. Ah, so you know, and, and I had also heard that they were kind trying to to make it more rotational, so that if you were not going to be at your thing, you had to, you know, you know the guys who go, I'm gone for three hours, you know, and somebody else sits in, you know, yes, yeah, so okay. you know, trying to you know rotate ro- rotate space, and I heard some of the people on Artist Alley talking about, well, you know, you should make a stand or say something because you know it may. You know, I, I could see a scenario where they just kind of like I not I don't think they'll do away with it, but I think they'll do like there's some of the charity booths mm-hmm. that sort of move to the second floor, the second floor yeah. and you kind of and I kind of feel like you know Artist Alley could be that it just it becomes a conference room you know because it certainly you know it becomes a conference room upstairs and it's really not part of the show and our artists really going to want. Well, then, you know, there's that problem. I mean, a lot of people do certainly enjoy seeing that. I mean, on a retailer's perspective, the thing I see, noticed this year, I mean, you mentioned Mile High. A few years ago, I, I knew that if I waited till Sunday, I, I could get a really good deal out of Mile High. Yeah. And the the, the deals have gotten less and less, well, good for me. Right. I mean, it's just this... So I wonder, you know, they're boycotting, but there's economy. The economy's bad. It's hard. And you're right about the exclusives. I mean, even Lego, you know, they were there for the Star Wars, uh, part of the Star Wars pavilion, because there's many many Star Wars going there, but there's Lego there with selling all their different sets and toys. And, you know, so you're right. This this removed the toy dealership aspect out of the dealers and into... Well, you know, if you bring, if you brought a hundred bucks or even two hundred dollars to spend, and you can buy 
use that two hundred dollars to buy ten things that you can't buy anywhere else, or five hot dogs at the <laughs> <laughs> or two Starbucks. <laughs> uh, actually, Starbucks didn't jack up nearly as much as yeah. I thought. I had to I had to get a cup of coffee for Mister Cat on Saturday morning, <laughs> so it was it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. You, you know, yeah, it was more the line. It was more that they they are just were not able to to I think you know. Handle the you know hand, handle the crowds. I mean, and they do have a lot of food service there, but every you know, it's almost one of those things. If it was, it would have almost have been faster to leave the convention center, walk across the street, and get a cup of coffee than to wait on a forty-minute Starbucks line. Yeah. Um, it, where else could you do it? I'd hate to see it go to Vegas because I, I don't think I don't think Vegas is has been great for for big uh, comic book shows. No, they tried one a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was, well, it was, it was, it was, because you know, if you're in Vegas, you want to do other things. You use use the convention as an excuse to go to Vegas, and then you go and, well, and you do the Vegas stuff. Where if, if you're in San Diego, absolutely, the Gas Lamp District is nice. Uh, but it's a good place to go after the convention. Exactly. You, you, the guest uh, the guest lamp district gives you a lot of options for you know a little bit of shopping if you want that, or you're, you know, or you're with someone who does, or you know, your different types of restaurants and entertainment, and obviously you know the hotel bars and things. But in like in in downtown LA, I mean, it's 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 not a place where you know, it doesn't have that kind of centralized. Feeling like I, 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 you know, where we're, you know, the, the walk from the Staples to the hotels. It's just, it's, it's not. It's kind of, you know, and, and it also makes me wonder if the, the, if it's in L.A. I don't know that the studios are going to support it as, as, as. It's not as, as exciting as, as to, to go someplace special. It's not the other, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, obviously, if it is a big, you know, expo, if it is a big, sh- you know, if it would be like, you know, someone's putting on, you know, but, but, but L.A. conventions haven't stuck. Certainly, Wizard doesn't get that support no. you know they've had a wizard show the last couple of marches and you think well if if San Diego is that attractive to to these people why had, I mean and I think wizard is you know has done a lot of shows and is, is, is has the relationships but they haven't been if they haven't been able to get these studios to sort of support the, the you know I mean they get they get the talent because the talent likes comics they get Jeff Loeb and they get Damon Lindelof and they get Joss Whedon to come to the Wizard World show to talk not because they're being you know flown in by their you know by their by their you know students well, all, but because well, they like of those three you mentioned are comic book writers yes well all three well all has three of them Damon, are has Damon, what, what does Damon write <laughs> how soon we forget Ultimate Hulk versus Wolverine 1 and 2 and possibly 3, 4, 5 and 6 yeah. but I can but I don't I, know that yeah I, I completely <laughs> forgot that uh, see, yes, it's not how soon. Well, it is how soon we forget. I and I thought that was Javier Gugino. Uh, Moroche. I don't know. Carla Gugino. Carla Gugino. Carla Gugino was writing that one. Uh, yeah, Javier, the guy that created the Middleman. Yes. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I thought that was. Now, have you gone out to like the New York Comic Con? You know, they've, uh, they've scheduled it. They, they've done the um, the horrible thing of scheduling it usually on the the weekend of my wife's birthday. So it, it, it what? <laughs> you want to fly out to New York? Say, We're going to take in a show. <laughs> Just don't say what show. Yeah, Carl, well, you've got to learn. Broadway show. Uh, she admitted she's never listened to these. So go ahead. We can watch it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> this is the one she's going to listen to. That's Dang it. Okay, yeah, you're right. It's, uh, it's sure. But I, I, would like, I would like to go to New York. I'd like to see a, di- a different type of show. I was going, the, I had a tentative thoughts about going to, um, to Wizard World. The show that I love uh, is, is the Baltimore Con that Mark Nathan puts on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's where the, uh, the Harvey... Oh, and they give that the Harvey Harvey's Awards the um, yeah, okay. and uh, the equally prestigious Harvey Awards, and they um, the heart the the and I, I've been there because it usually ties into the Diamond Diamond's offices headquarters are in Baltimore are in Baltimore okay. so normally they tied the retailer summit into that. By so. the way, drink. We have a drinking game you haven't heard oh, of. And no, say no, diamond? No, anytime I accidentally finish somebody's sentence because it's a bad habit I have, <laughs> listeners must drink. I have a better bet than those are diamonds. Okay, well. Diamond Comics Distributors. Glug, glug, glug. I always drink when I say Diamond <laughs> Comics Distributors. The only way I get through it. Um, but, it's, that, but that's a great con because it, it, it's it, the... It's got creators who love it, so you really get, you know, you get, you know, like Walt Simonson, you know, I think I once said, you know, Walt Simonson you know, drew an entire issue of Thor for somebody, because, you know, cause, cause it, it, it's such a friendly, you know, you know, you know friendly, uh, you know, crowd. It, it, it's, it's not... It's not overwhelming. It's a, you know, a, a, it's a big, you know, great deals, great vendors, great pros, and just the right amount of people where it's not, you know, where, you know, oh, I'm waiting on a line of five to talk to uh, Barry Kitson. Right. You know? Okay, so Baltimore is June? No, it is the fall. I mean, it's also kind of off-season. Uh, it, it, oh. it's, usually like, it's usually like the second week in September, like the week after, two week or two after Labor oh, Day. okay, okay. Let's check that out. Um, and then, yeah, you don't go up to WonderCon, but that's just that's just Comic Con Junior. Yeah, really. you know, and and um, unless you know someone like this year, I, I was asked to to do a panel, and you know, absent some specific plan, I may you know I may take a year off from San Diego. I mean, I, I say that every year, and then something comes up. But I, I did a few years ago not go, and well, let me it wasn't just say, let me just say, if you don't go, there's no point in you sitting in the podcast next year. It's oh no! <laughs> <laughs> there can be just tell me. I can ask you questions. <laughs> well, let's hope next year I'm worth asking questions about. Sure. So, but it, it's you know, look. I mean, it's it's it, 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 it's an awesome show. I mean, I think even being there the four or five days, you find you don't you know you wind up. I like seeing the people. You know, I like seeing people and friends that you know I only see once a year. But less and less do you really find yourself being able to make time to you know sit down and, and see a panel or really mm-hmm. you know. Did you catch any panels at all? Um, no. I, I mean, only 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 there was some retailer programming. I saw um, uh, Nancy McCann and uh, Mimi Cruz. Nancy McCann stores Comics Unlimited okay. uh, in in, uh, in in Orange County, and Mimi Cruz. Night flight, um, and you know they did a a retailer program about uh, it was called retail relevance about you know just sort of you know sort of making your store uh, a modern store. I mean, just being keeping your store relevant to the community. You know, oh, okay, interesting. You know, I mean, you know, one of the ideas, you know, you know, in the sense, for example, like with all the multimedia stuff that's out now, like Buffy and you know, cross-platform kind of stuff, that you want to make sure you keep that stuff up front because the casual person is probably going to be comforted if they walk in and they see Buffy or they mm-hmm. see Stephen King or they see, 
Angel or they see Tech Jansen, that they see something that they go, oh, it's not just those weird, crazy comic books. These are these are. And have they done those done well for you in your yeah, you know, yeah, oh, absolutely. I give yes. In terms of uh, you know, for the last uh, in the last year, you know, Joss Whedon and Buffy and Marvel and Stephen King, I mean, together did the 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 the, the best job possible of bringing new people into comic book stores. You know, people who were certainly of the of the right mind to to read comics. You know, Buffy fans and, and Stephen King fans, and it gave them a product they want, and then they wanted more product. You know, we we took Stephen King fans and led them to to Walking Dead, oh, wow. uh, and okay, you know, good. and things like that, and, we, and Lock and Key, because obviously mm-hmm. Joe Hill is right. Stephen King's son, and. Um, and you know, and certainly with Joss Whedon, we were then able to turn people onto Runaways and to into his uh, astonishing X Men, and you know, in Serenity comics, you know, but but and people, and then people realized they liked reading comics, yeah. and that a lot of a lot of the aspects of Buffy that they enjoyed were kind of derived from kind of you know, comic book type of storytelling. Oh, sure, absolutely. Uh, one comic book came out last Wednesday that I haven't had a chance to pick up yet. I I can't believe I've gone like now. Says I think am I killed in it? It may be seven. I don't know. Oh, probably. Uh, I, I, I just wanted. I just wondered <laughs> because we talk about this character a lot, and we've been hotly anticipating his return. Was was ambush bug gear? <laughs> uh, so uh, have you had a chance to check in and see if it do well in your store. Uh, yeah, I, I saw I saw the stack today. I don't have an uh, official count, but I was pleased. Uh, and a friend of mine who I, I don't see very often came into the store today. And ambush bug was was one of the things he bought, and I saw you know flipping through it, and was glad to see that the tradition is continuing of uh, you know really the most obscure character, the most obscure, unloved, forgotten characters of the uh, you know DC universe continue to show up in, in ambush bug. I think I saw not even the Kathy Kane Batwoman, but who was the the bat her niece who was the Batgirl. Uh, Betty Kane. So I think so. I think now. Flame bird in modern continuity until until your friend Jeff John says no screw that we're going to do something else again yeah, but, in five months. But uh, but I but, but there were there I think I saw I, I saw I like you too Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Bastard killed me. Uh, um, no the specter killed you. Yeah, yeah comic writers aren't like actors they don't go like I don't know what the character just got a, got away from me and uh, I don't know uh, what he did. It was a great honor uh, and the the the. And then yeah, that oh gosh, I can't remember. But but he flipped open the book, and I was like, oh my god, that character! And now I can't remember who it was. But yes, the condition, is, the, the the tradition of ambush bug is continuing. Okay, good, good, awesome. And we've been away from comics. Well, I guess you've been you were at the store today, so you got. I, to... And I forgot to take my stack. I mean, New Avengers, I want to read. Oh, War gosh. Heroes, I want to read. War Heroes. I don't even know what that. Oh, that's the new Mark Miller, oh, Tony okay. Harris, image, okay. which was which which apparently was a. Uh, the concept was a concept he wanted to use in if he continued Ultimates. The idea is if you join the army, they give you a superpower. Oh, sure. Why not? Okay. And so that's it. Would that be you know since it's also an annual tradition? What's the in the year two thousand eight? What's the new card, D'Angelo recommendation? What comic book have you tried to get your wife Susan to read this year? <laughs> well, she because I know it's one a year. She, she read it. She read it last week. It'll be uh, oh, then it won't be greatest American hero. Okay. <laughs> Always writers that are friends. She'll look at the up. pictures. Oh, okay. Oh, he's so he's so cute. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, he is. He's dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And this year it was Too Cool to Be Forgotten by uh, Alex Robinson, who's one of my favorites. He did Box Office Poison okay. and, uh, and Tricked, and, you know, both, uh, both published by Top Shelf. And this year he wrote an original, gra- and drew, uh, an original graphic novel about a, a man who goes in for um, hypnosis to, to cure his uh, smoking, to, to mm-hmm. cure a smoking habit. And in the process of the hypnosis and sort of a Peggy Sue got married kind of twist, finds himself back in high school. Oh, interesting. And you know, and it, it's you know, and it's not the in that sense, it's not the most you know, it, it's it's a premise we've seen before from Back to the Future to Peggy Sue got married, um, you know, but but be, but Alex is so brilliant that he that he keeps putting twists on it because because. Like us, the character has also seen all those movies and knows all the time travel rules and, and kind of go, tries to see, you know, and isn't entirely sure, convinced that he's actually time traveled or if he's having some bizarre hallucination. Mm-hmm. So he figures, I might as well just do whatever I want. You know, and we all say, if I knew then, you know, yeah. you know what I know now. And, right. and, this, and, 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 and it's fun because you never see this in a, lot of, in a lot of those kind of stories where the character really acts out on, 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 on being a more uh, mature, intelligent person in the body of the, of the 15-year-old. Not even in that George Burns movie, eighteen again. I think. No, yeah, it's all that stuff's always kind of like 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 silly. Yeah. Well, I, I discovered one today. Uh, somebody, and I'm sure that that uh, I will find out when I return to San Jose. Who? Somebody left a book in our booth. Linda Berry's. Oh, what it is. is, yeah. So I started reading that today. I wish I wouldn't have picked up any, uh, you know. <laughs> and, wow. So when did that, that just... That came, that came to maybe two months ago? Two months ago. So a big discovery for me. Yeah. Which is always the great thing about Comic-Con, in which my being stuck in a booth, I shouldn't say stuck, it was, a, it was an honor. You meant chained. I checked. <laughs> there is a point. Why call it Google? Goo something, oh no, had to turn to me and say, are you okay? So I was getting these frantic text messages from everybody on the staff going, will somebody get down to the booth? Somebody get down to the booth? And I'm saying, I can't do that. I'm in a press conference, you know. And I, but I not know that fast. I cannot uh, text worth beans. Uh, but anyway, so discovered that. It, that it was finally going to see some kind of an alternate alternative, I guess, to say, but that's, it doesn't feel alternative. It's probably better bound and uh, better presented than a lot of yeah, the mainstream books. I think it's probably, I mean, it's published, I think, by... Drawn and Quarterly. Oh, it is a Drawn and Quarterly. Okay, because I think it might have been, but I think you're right. I think it, I thought it might have been one of the, like, New York, quote-unquote, New York, you know, mm-hmm. houses. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, she, and she's, you know, and it's gotten reviews, you know, written up in, like, the New York Times because she's... In terms of her village voice stuff, I mean, she's been someone who's a mm-hmm. who's who is a mainstream cartoonist as opposed to a comic book creator. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it, that's uh, I haven't I haven't I haven't read it, but I mean, you know, I'm, I've always been a fan of her other stuff, so I can imagine it's it's great. Yeah, and then on Sunday I had a conversation with a high school teacher from New Jersey, I, and I'm sorry because he's promised he's going to start listening to the podcast, <laughs> and I can't I haven't found my business card, so I can't remember yes. what his name was. Uh, I mean, I, I know where the cards are. I haven't found them to sort through, but. Um, and it was interesting because he said he was not a comic book reader and he had come out to see what was out there for use in classrooms. Ah. 
and to try to get to encourage literacy, which I, you know, you showed me something today from Earth Two, where you had a high school teacher who promised, uh, right. you know, students that got a B or above in their class come out and hear a lecture from um, J. Michael Straczynski at your store. Right. Uh, I don't know how many years ago that was. That was but, yes, it was one five, Spider Man five hundred. But see that. So I mean, that's kind of something at the end of close of this. Uh, Comic Con that I, I'm really going to be spending some time thinking about because we put V for Vendetta into our senior uh, mm-hmm. curriculum at, at the school I teach at, mm-hmm. and trying to think of other things. He he brought put down uh, he bought American Born Chinese. Right, that, that's a, that's a great book. Which is a, which is a great book, and uh, I can't remember what else he what else he had in his hand, but. You know, it was very weird to encounter someone who I said, well, you know, uh, certainly the boys' school down mm-hmm. the street from us teaches The Dark Knight Returns, and, and what, what, what is that? <laughs> and <laughs> like, well, I hope no one hears you say that too loudly, sir. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I wanna, and there's a, um, there's a, a retailer who's actually contributed to, to uh, a textbook on, the, on this subject, Rick Lowell of Casablanca Comics, and they were one of the finalists for the, this year's Eisner Spirit of Retail Award. And he's someone, if you're looking at that, he's... Uh, would be someone also to talk to as a no. as a resource, but yeah, I mean we we've worked. You know, Kingdom Come is a really good. You know, if you're talking about heroic stuff, Kingdom Come is also a good book for um for for you know for classes because it how it relates to mythology that may be studied. Here's our back to school uh, edition of the podcast. There you go. So <laughs> for, for Kingdom Come, no, but, I, but, but you know, but that's a book that we that we've that we've recommended and then seen a lot of teachers pick up on as something to use and also. Like I mean, some some of the stuff is great. You also have to always have to be careful what the school standards are, you know. So I'm always, you know, uh, I mean, there's some things I would recommend, and then I go, but you have to check for, you know, for for you know language. You sell black or, kiss to a lot of schools, right? Right. <laughs> yes. There you go. Howard, Howard Shakin's Black Kiss is for uh, uh, our, our number one reference uh, from Wikipedia. We get a lot of uh, hits from the Wikipedia article on Black Kiss. Because I mentioned it in an interview with Howard Chase. Oh, okay. Help with that. It's always a good day when, say, like a Green Lantern Corps article gets more links from Wikipedia than than Black Kiss. You right, know, right. I feel like there's, there's healthy people out there. <laughs> you know, is it healthier to go Green Lantern Corps for an interview with Jeff? Uh, you know, so. Right. But I think yeah, I mean you know and there's um, but yeah, American born training. I mean I was thinking about like the, the like and the Adrian Tomine stuff. I think would be great for teenagers. I, you know, but it's like one of those things in terms of schools. I don't know. You know, it's like, is there too? Is there nudity? Is there language? Are there things that that mm-hmm. that are that you know might might be? Uh, oh, I know. You thrown sure. down some of the Minks line. Does the Minks line do well for you? The Minks line does do well for us. I mean, not you know, to be honest, not necessarily with the intended. Uh, you know, audience. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, you know, it, it didn't bring you know uh, in a Beatlemania fashion. You know, a lot of teen girls hanging out. I mean, we you know we do we, we it's it, it but it's been you know young women um, and you know but but young men. I mean, you know, certainly eighteen to twenty five. You know, even though they're. I thought they were supposed to be the equivalent of YA novels, and they're sort of becoming related to things more like American Born Chinese or Adrian Tony. They're they're, be, they're being read as youth. Uh, I mean, they're not autobiographical, but youth. You know, youth stories fiction, about you. Stories about not you really from a persp- Yeah, and and because of some of the creators from a perspective of. You know, you know, I mean, from you know, a I don't want to say a looking back perspective because they're fitness contemporary things, but I, I think that that's who we find their appeal into. And I don't know how they do, but I, in bookstores where they're with the manga, they, they may be reaching the okay, the, that's, the, that's the, the teenagers. 
Okay. Well, I think uh, we have we have blathered well tonight, and uh, so. Oh, I, can I say one last? Uh, by all means. Because I don't want to end on the minx line. Who are you? Okay. Okay. Who are you? Here's, right? the, but here's the coolest <laughs> thing. I volunteered um, at, at the the comic book legal defense fund booth. Oh, you to, did to do some to do some fundraising, and they had the sheet of what's for auction. I'm like, oh, spend some money on you know. Let me see what they have for auction, and I see like item number four, Dave Gibbons Watchman portrait. And I go, what is this? And and, and, I, and I thought maybe it was a, it was actually like a you know a lot of times artists will find something from the past and figuring out okay it's the year of Watchmen it would be a great time and so I was thinking it might have been one of those original promo pieces or that or that one with the clock that they're using now for the hardcover that, that that's coming out yeah. that was actually for the Mayfair Games I think or one of the other uh, okay. you know there's a lot of art that was created promotionally but that necessarily wasn't in the in the book. So I'm thinking it was some old thing, you know, maybe one of the old posters, that, you know, and you know, I just asked one of the people, and, and, and they said, oh, well, grab that in- envelope over there. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'll take a look. And I, pull, and, I, and I got to see this beautiful, you know, they showed it at the auction, obviously, and I wasn't able to go to the auction, but I got to see the, this, and it was a brand new piece of the six main Watchmen characters. Um, you know, beautifully, you know, it was, you know, you know, he obviously penciled it, and, you know, full inks, uh, you know, black and white portrait. It's on. It, it's online. You can see it. And it was. Oh my oh, god. Where would I find this online? Um, I forget where. I I googled. Um, uh, like oh, the Pulse had it. Uh, okay. Is that the one that's tied to Mile High? Or it used to be. I don't know if it's still so is. The Pulse stuck. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't gone to the Pulse in a long time. But they're the only ones that had what I was. I was looking for. And what I was looking for is I wanted to know how much it sold for. Because I. Because it's like one of those things. I was you know, consulting with the wife and saying, you know, oh, can, can you know if it, it you know Yeah, I'll sell something else. I'll sell, you know. I had to promise, of course. You know, I'm gonna. You know, if right. I bought this, I, I sell one. Of, I sell one of the Alex Rosses or something. You know. Um, you have Alex Rosses. In the, they're in the store. You know. Uh, Seen our, oh, yeah, Batman and yeah, they're originals of Batman and uh, oh. the Robin origins, um, and you know, and I, I was like, oh, it's Watchmen, it's this and that, and I, you know, sort of had a price in my head, and then I asked, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, someone for an estimate. What do you think? You know, you've got you've been at these auctions. Uh, what you know, and and um, Charles Brownstein, the head of uh, the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, said, I put it. At least five thousand, and I said, "Okay, Charles, I think you're. I think actually you're lowballing." And I'm and I'm glad to say the piece uh, got uh, nine thousand uh, dollars for, and you know that it sold for nine thousand, so it raised a lot of money for a great cause. And I don't feel bad because I don't have nine thousand dollars to spend on it. And all I kept going was, if it went for like twenty, you know, I mean, I knew it couldn't go for like really low, like twenty five hundred or something. Uh-huh. But 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 I but I knew I'd be kicking myself if it if it if it went for you know if it if it was like if it was somehow within reach. That's I mean, twenty five hundred, and that makes it's still not easily affordable. Cool. I think we're gonna see. I mean, because obviously a Gibbons piece for us would be, but you know, considering who's there at the con, Dave Gibbons is on uh, his profile is a lot higher. You know, I mean, oh, right, people yeah. are going to be knowing it. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it, the article said the bidder was a, a regular bidder at CBLDF, so it wasn't, okay. although there were several other bidders, the guy who got it was someone who presumably was a, a you know, a real seasoned aficionado as opposed to, you know, the head of Paramount just stepping in and going, 
Watchmen, I want that for my office, and I'm going to throw money at it. Because I'm the guy who yeah. let it go. And then, you know, then you don't want it to be like Rosebud the Sled, you know, cut <laughs> to the end, and they open up the furnace, and someone's just chocolate in the Watchmen. What's this old piece of junk? <laughs> oh, did, I meant to say Citizen Kane spoiler alert. <laughs> we have a rule. Uh, was it? Was it uh, 67, 67 years. That's okay. Yeah, it's, okay. it's really okay. Okay. It's Older easy. than most. Of our listeners. If she just clicked her shoes together, she would have been able to go home all along. She had what? the power herself. <laughs> Sorry. Um, there you go. Oh, my. Okay. Well, then on that note, okay. we shall say thank you, Cardi Angelo. Thank you for your hosting and uh, hosting me here and allowing this to happen. So. We'll uh, see you same time next year. <laughs> All right. Are you Alan Burst or am I uh, 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 Alan Alba? Oh my gosh! That's 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 uh, that, that's that's. There you go. And I swear, on that unhealthy note, <laughs> we shall say good night. <laughs>